Good evening and welcome to the Lockdown Winnipeg Jets podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I'm your host, Harrison Lee, an avid Winnipeg Jets fan and an online blogger. You can follow me on Twitter at HLivingLoco and follow our podcast Twitter at LO underscore Winnipeg Jets. As always, if you like what you're hearing, be sure to like, follow, and subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform of choice, including Apple, Spotify, Google, and the Megaphone app. Tonight's episode is brought to you by rockauto.com. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com. On tonight's episode, we are going to be talking about the aftermath of the NHL Draft Lottery Round 2, which, yeah, didn't quite go Winnipeg's way. Now, the Jets did, in fact, secure a top 10 NHL draft pick for this upcoming draft in October, but tonight they had a chance at getting the first overall pick. Thanks to the wackiness that is the COVID bubble playoff situation, the NHL decided that they were going to do a draft lotto a little bit differently. You would have expected naturally that one of the worst teams in the league would win the first overall pick, but that actually didn't happen. Instead, the first overall lotto pick went to the unassigned, undetermined teams that were in the play-in rounds. And all the squads that got knocked out of the play-in rounds first off were eligible to win this pick. So this included, in a very surprising twist, Toronto, Pittsburgh, Edmonton, and Winnipeg, among many others. Teams like Nashville and Minnesota arguably could have, you know, used a generational score because those teams don't really produce a whole lot of high-end offensive talents on the regular. Also included were the Rangers and, I think, another team. Oh, right, the Florida Panthers. I don't know why I forgot that they exist, but I, I frequently forget that the Florida Panthers are a thing. Still a thing, still a team, just fired the GM, Dale Talon, but... I, again, can't recall that they exist sometimes. I think most people, including Panthers fans, just tend to forget that they exist too, let's be honest. But, for the most part, none of those teams really walked away particularly pleased with this evening's outcome. There was one team, one winner, and only one outcome, other than a few teams maybe moving up from their draft spots uh, in the lower part of this first, I guess, first 10 picks or so. And the Jets were not a first overall pick winner. The distinction of getting to draft Alexis Lafreniere first overall belongs to the New York Rangers. Now, here's where things get interesting. In my opinion, I think that the choice between Lafreniere and uh, Quinton Byfield is actually not as clear-cut as you would think. I do think Lafreniere is like the best available player, and so if you want to choose and draft by that metric, I think that that is the most sensible choice and one that all of the evidence points to as being the correct option. However, if you're an organization that needs a superstar center and thinks that the gap between Lafreniere and Byfield won't be nearly as prolific as people you know, may make it out to be, especially down the road. This is a surprisingly difficult choice. I think that Byfield legitimately has the kind of ceiling that you could compare to a Malkin. I, I often think of Malkin as the most, I guess, analogous player. Both are physically hawking, imposing centers with incredible hand-eye coordination, excellent distribution, very smooth, strong skating, a great shot, and just really a, a wicked all-around package and is such a rare, unique physical tool set matched with incredible technique and skill. Byfield has all of the potential to eventually eclipse Alexis Lafreniere down the road. Now, that's not saying he will, but he has some rare traits and tool sets that make him a particularly unique prospect. And I say all of this knowing full well that it's really hard to deny just how much Lafreniere dominated the QMJHL. He did stuff that hasn't been done since Sidney Crosby. And I feel like I would be remiss not to say that because obviously he is the, the clear and consensus number one pick. But I think that the gap between the first and second overall picks is maybe not as far apart as you would think. I think that that decision is actually harder than it looks. Now, the Rangers will probably still take Lafreniere, 
But if you really needed an elite center, which the the Rangers kind of do, you know, that's a hard decision, man. I don't know what I would do in that in that position. I would still probably take Lafreniere. I think most people would agree that this is, in all honesty, the, the sensible choice. Lafreniere will hold the most value in terms of uh, first overall pick talent and quality. He's one of the most prolific scorers that QMJHL has ever seen. And he truly is a fairly unrivaled offensive force and somebody who was likely to immediately contribute to an NHL lineup as soon as he hits the league. That said, you know, you think about organizational value and just how rare somebody like Byfield is and the kind of skill sets that he brings as well as the sheer production volume. Yeah, that's a hard that's a hard decision, especially for what the Rangers need. I mean, in all fairness, the Rangers need pretty much any high-end talent either on the forward unit or the back line that you could possibly give them, but you have a decision to make between Lafreniere and Byfield, and that's that's definitely not an enviable position in the sense that I don't know who I would choose, even though I would still probably say Lafreniere overall. But yeah, Winnipeg's not going to have that decision to make. Winnipeg instead has the 10th overall pick, which, you know, it is disappointing in some ways, but also very good for the Jets because, let's be honest, we got a little bit of playoff hockey, we got a top 10 pick in a very loaded deep draft. I really feel like if you need the best of both worlds, the Jets got it. Sure, the postseason did kind of illuminate some of Winnipeg's uh, deeper issues that have been around since the start of the dawn of time, I guess. Or, joking aside, more like the past couple of seasons, but, you know, I, I think Winnipeg for a long time has kept thinking it's closer to the cup contention round than it is. And we all know that that's just not the case. I think that this playoff run, and especially what happened when the depth was tested, sort of proves that the Jets just aren't at a stage where they're really ready to compete again. You know, we're very far removed from 2017-2018, and at this point the roster is kind of held together by, I don't know, cardboard and tape. The blue line might not even be that at this point. It's that ragged and really struggling to hang in there. So I feel like, generally speaking, the Jets just have a lot of uh, holes to fill in this roster and, and not a whole lot of opportunities to do so. One thing that they will be able to do, though, is draft a uh, potential second-line center, which is one of their biggest needs right now. The core issue for Winnipeg is that they have a lot of really good, skilled attacking wingers, but they don't have any guys down the middle who can help them get into those positions and make the most of the defensive awareness skills that centers often bring. Flat out, the Jets just need top six play drivers, guys who can facilitate so that they can get those goal scorers into better positions. I think Kyle Connor's struggles in the postseason really showed why a guy like him struggles without somebody like Shifley. I think Andrew Kopp and Adam Lowry did great jobs trying to manage that gap in between, you know, uh, the time that Shifley was out in the end of the postseason, but ultimately you can't really expect those guys to be your top end playmakers. They're just not really on that level of game-breaking talent. That's not to take away from what I thought were some excellent performances from both guys. I just feel like when you have somebody like Kyle Connor who struggles off the puck as much as he does, you really need somebody of like an elite franchise tier to elevate their game so that they, they can bring along somebody like Connor into those better scoring positions. In just a little bit, I'm going to talk about one of those guys who's potentially at the 10th overall pick and somebody who has been falling just a bit, especially out of this top 5 to top 10 range of picks, although I think this particular prospect, Anton Lundell, may have a better case for a top 10 range pick than some of the other prospects. Picking prospects is a very difficult choice and requires a lot of time and research. And when you really think about it, shopping for car parts is often the same way. It can be hard to figure out what your make, year, and model for the vehicle you have is, or what parts are even compatible with it. Will a cheaper aftermarket part do the trick, or do you need a more mainstream part from the auto manufacturer itself? 
When you have questions, rockauto.com has the answers. rockauto.com is a family-run business with over 20 years of experience in the automotive industry. Their easy-to-use, intuitive website allows you to sort by all the filters you need, including car types and price ranges on the parts so you always get what you want at the price you want. Whether you're looking for a new engine control module or a new floor mat for your most recent defeat at the hands of that greasy taco, rockauto.com's diverse selection will always have what you're looking for. Even better, you can save anywhere from 20 to 50% off retail brick-and-mortar auto parts stores. And whether you're an amateur DIYer or a professional automotive mechanic, the prices for all customers are always the same. Amazing selection, reliably low prices, all the parts your car will ever need. Visit rockauto.com, and if you place an order, be sure to write Locked On in the How Did You Hear About Us box so they know we sent you. So, about Winnipeg's 10th overall NHL draft pick that we get to see in action in October. What do we do with it? What do the Jets do? How do we feel about it? I don't know. A lot of feelings, a lot of emotions, disappointment, a little bit of joy, a little bit of bittersweet memories and fondness. I think we all feel a lot of different things because we didn't expect the Rangers to be the one to get the first overall pick. But, alright, let's take that aside and kind of look at, you know, some prospects that are available around this range. And specifically, uh, one particular center that keeps popping up in a lot of names, especially around Jets fans. And that is Finnish center Anton Lundell. Lundell is playing in Liga uh, for HIFK, which is a, a pretty decent team from what I understand. And Lundell is an interesting player. I feel like his game is one of those that's very understated for the most part. But he's an incredibly high IQ player who makes a lot of very simple plays, but makes them for the most part effectively. In a lot of ways, he reminds me exactly of what David Gustafson was before the Jets drafted him, which is a guy who plays a really defensively responsible two-way game with a lot of attention to detail, but maybe not a lot of outward flash, and certainly not the kind of explosive NHL-caliber offense that you'd be expecting from a top-ten pick. That's not to say that Lundell is actually offensively bankrupt. He's not. It's just that the way that he plays tends to be somebody who's a bit more understated, less assertive on the puck, but more of a, a defensive specialist with an ability to keep driving play no matter what. He's somebody who constantly tries to create space by both securing it in his own end and making sure that he can force turnovers in his own end and essentially cut down passing lanes to spring breakouts the other way. Lundell is somebody who I feel like really fits the mold that the Jets need in the sense that he's a dominant two-way center, but perhaps the thing that I worry about a little bit with him is just that he's not quite as offensively gifted as you would hope for. As a teenager playing in a difficult pro men's league, he had 28 points in 44 games this season, which is pretty good, and I feel like I should not be one to say that that is anything to sniff at because it's not. It's just, I, I think on the whole, Lundell's game lacks explosiveness right now, which is something that I think he would really need to work on. What Lundell instead brings is a, a real tenaciousness, especially on the forecheck. He's somebody who kind of steamrolls his way into oppo opposing skaters. He's not overly physical, I wouldn't say, but he uses his body and physicality to try and muscle guys off the puck and really create space with his frame. Will Scouch, who you can follow at Scouching on Twitter, did a nice breakdown on him, and one of the things that did stick out to Will was that his passing percentage actually wasn't quite as good as it, as it should be. He made a lot of errors in his passing, which is something that I don't think is is really a good quality for a center. On his highlights, you can see him make really nice drop passes and stuff, but if his overall passing completion percentage is a bit troubling, then there may be something else going on underneath the game. What I did like is that Lundell seems to know where he needs to be at all times, and he seems like a pretty smart player. He's somebody who I don't question his reading of play 
or his ability to understand space and navigate it effectively. He's not the most explosively quick skater, like his stride is is not really super fast or, or really explosive to the eye, but he's mobile enough, he gets up and down the ice where he needs to be, and he's always in the right positions. It's not like he's really slow or anything. I just think he doesn't quite have like that Nathan McKinnon quickness, which, you know, no one else really does except for McKinnon and David, but it seems more noticeable just because I think the finish game can be a little bit slower, and Lundell is still young and developing his own frame, so it looks like he's kind of just chugging along a little bit. In terms of his shooting, I didn't really see anything spectacular about his release. It looks decent. It's just not the kind of shot that I feel like is going to be particularly effective at the NHL level. It's not like a release where you're thinking he's going to be a 25-30 to 30 goal scorer. I think where Lundell is going to make a lot of his bank is just in distribution plays, uh, looking for tipped passes, all that kind of stuff, especially around the net, if he's able to create more offense that way. I really think Lundell makes sense as the kind of player you think about when you compare him to somebody like Andrew Kopp or Adam Lowry. None of these guys have like tremendous stick handling skills, although Kopp will flash it from now and then where you think maybe, maybe he actually does. On the whole though, you're not really bringing these guys in to be potent offensive forces. What they do create is a lot of space, and because of the virtue of their game getting into those tight greasy areas and their ability to create offensive opportunities for their linemates around the net, they actually accrue offensive points that way. Lundell strikes me as somebody who could be in that same mold, but I would be interested to see that if he further develops his frame, adds a bit more shot power, and maybe adds a bit more explosiveness to his stride so he, he can create more offensive separation distance from uh, opposing defending skaters, maybe there is more to his game than meets the eye. And that's something that I would like to see, especially as his role changes with his current team. If it expands and continues to develop, what might he be able to accomplish in a more offensive role? He definitely attempts a lot of shots, but I, I don't see him getting into really dangerous areas for the most part. He's somebody who likes to hover around the face-off circles a lot, which is fine. It's just not really, I think from his perspective, not the best area for him to be. The funny thing about Lundell is that I tend to think his IQ is high enough where if he develops his tools a lot further, I think that his offensive potential could be more along what we're seeing with David Gustafson. You know, his role would have to change and he'd have to work on a couple of fundamentals, but overall I think that there's enough of a firm foundation where he seems like the kind of player you would draft knowing that there is some work as a project, but that you could turn into a really effective middle six to top six center. Whenever he's on the ice, he just seems to be very capable of facilitating a lot of offensive opportunities, and I feel like it's not because he's a particularly flashy player, and it's not because he dominates control like most other high-end forwards do. His more cerebral approach just allows him to be in the right positions at the right time, and I feel like that is going to count for a lot at the NHL level, especially if he adds more acceleration to his you know, skill set and the skating, and improves his stick handling and decision making while in possession. All of the tool sets are there to be very intriguing, especially for the long term, where Lundell would be a really big boost to this middle lineup for the Jets. He's the kind of guy who I think immediately steps into a middle six role, especially for Winnipeg, that you know, a team that doesn't have that many centers to begin with, but he could easily work his way up the lineup very quickly, and over time, as he continues to develop all of the aspects of his game and really engages that offensive side of his skill set, he could be a, a potent top six forward. I don't know if he will be, but I wouldn't exactly count against it either. If nothing else, he seems like a shutdown nightmare for, you know, a really good forechecking third line. And I think that if you got that out of a top 10 pick and somebody who can create, you know, 
opportunities left and right for your middle six lineup, I don't think you'd be upset about that at all. A lot of people talk about him in very high regard as somebody with significant upside. It's possible. He could totally do it. I think, realistically, 60 to 70 points would be his his higher middle to higher ceiling. But if you get that with like elite play driving and defensive acumen, I think that that is something that the Jets absolutely need and would help so much, especially with guys like Kyle Connor, who can't really carry that load. He, Gustafson, and Shifley could easily anchor that top nine for years to come. We all love a good Finnish story based in Winnipeg, and Lundell might just be that next story with the Jets, but he may not be the only story available in the Winnipeg area that catches your attention. If you're geekier like me and grew up into comics and video games, but are looking for something with a bit more of a local flair, you should check out Your Story Transmedia. Your Story is a startup indie comic book, graphic novel, and game publisher based in Winnipeg. Your Story is currently launching a line of comic books with their flagship comic, The River Knows, set in Winnipeg during the 1960s. I recently had a chance to check it out, and it's actually pretty cool. It's like X-Files meets Mad Men crossed with a little bit of a Sin City aesthetic. Anyone who digs sci-fi and noir together will absolutely feel right at home with The River Knows. If you're looking for a video game instead, Your Story will also be launching a new, fun-for-all-ages game called Alien Machine Glow coming soon. The game focuses on the misadventures of Old Man Gill, a grumpy old man who, through the convenient intervention of a well-placed meteorite that lands in his cucumber batch, gains the ability to see aliens. To learn more about Alien Machine Glow and any of Your Story's comics, be sure to visit yourstory.ca to purchase their ebooks or their limited edition, high-quality first printing run of their 85 by 11 magazine-style comics. And if you want a discount, use one-time promo code JETS2020 to get 15% off your order. Again, that is promo code JETS2020 to get 15% off your order. To close out tonight's episode, I thought I'd spend just a couple of minutes talking about my thoughts on the overall season and what really lies ahead for this team, because I think we all know that the Jets have quite a bit of work to do, and it's going to be a very difficult road. I've hinted at it before, you know, talking about what guys maybe need to think about their future with the Jets, but I think guys like Matthew Perot might be on the chopping block, Neil Pionk might be gone. There's a lot of moving parts, and I think Winnipeg is kind of in a real state of flux. Winnipeg's lack of a true number two uh, top six center, I think, has really put the team in a bit of a bind. And, you know, with with uh, Brian Little potentially out for the re- re- remainder of his career, really, the Jets are frankly down to a lot of, you know, top nine, middle six, or bottom six centers on their roster who I think can handle the role of a second line center, but probably are, are best served being in deeper depth roles so that, you know, you have a little bit more offensive upside in your top six. The Jets are going to need to find a way to get one of those top six centers, and I think that this draft presents probably the best opportunity they're going to have in a while to pick up somebody like that. Lundell, for me, just makes a lot of sense. I know that Lundell has fallen in some draft rankings, and I think Corey Pronman actually had him going to Pittsburgh at 15th overall, but when you look at who Winnipeg has taken, which includes guys like David Gustafson, Andrew Kopp, Adam Lowry, I think Lundell really fits the kind of mold that Winnipeg likes in their centers. They want smart, brainy players who can drive play and really be two-way, defensively dominant presences because they've got all sorts of goal scorers. What they don't have are players who are capable of really being effective back checkers, securing defensive assignments in their own zone, being capable of playing on the penalty kill effectively, and just doing all of the little details that would allow their forwards who are better at goal scoring to get into those better opportunities. In so many ways, I feel like Anton Lundell makes the most sense for where the Jets are and what they need. And I look at a lot of the other players available, and I just don't see too many opportunities to get somebody with significantly more upside in areas of the game where I feel like Winnipeg is lacking. If there's one thing that the Jets just do not have, it's a high-end two-way center to anchor that top six. 
The honest-to-goodness needs somebody like Miku Koivu who can really dominate your two-way play, be defensively responsible, distribute the puck evenly and efficiently, and get up and down the ice in transition without giving up control or forcing turnovers to the opposition. If Lundell is capable of doing that while also chipping in 25 to 30 goals a season at his peak and maybe being like a 60-point center, I think the Jets would be ecstatic. Give me somebody who can drive scoring attempts for and limit those against, and I, I take that all day. I don't need extremely gaudy point totals because we have forwards and goal scorers who can do that for us. What they don't have is somebody to feed them. And that is where long-term somebody like Anton Lundell, when paired with David Gustafson, makes a ton of sense. That he's also Finnish and keeps up the Finnish agenda within Winnipeg is totally okay and probably not related, but I, I do think that it gives the Jets a little bit of an edge. Let's keep the Finnipeg theme going, and I will be more than satisfied. That's going to do it for this evening. I hope you folks enjoyed tonight's episode. If you'd like to hear more, be sure to check out our Locked On NHL National podcast hosted by Sarah Avampato. I was actually a guest on that last week and probably will have some more thoughts over the coming weeks, uh, especially if they have any additional segments on the Jets. But for now, thanks so much for listening. Have a great night and go Jets go.